Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 235, and today we'll be talking about the final book from Craig of the Creek. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So did you ever go to the library when you were a kid and face this same problem, where you just couldn't find the last book in the series that you loved? You know, I can't think of any book series that I would read when I was a kid that, like, was a long-running series. I mean, not, not the kind that mattered if you read, like, Choose Your Own Adventure or whatever, but... See, I always had the problem of, like, that they would never have the entire series in any reasonable order. So no matter what book series I was reading, I always ended up reading, like, book number four, and then book number ten, and then book two. It seems like that was just true for, like, anything I tried reading, which is why I ended up gravitating toward things like Goosebumps, where... There was just a bunch of them, and it didn't end up mattering for the most part. And if there were any books that had a carrying over storyline, it would only be two or three books. But I definitely feel for Kelsey here. Uh, this was very relatable. So I see you follow the Stephen method of reading books in a series. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I haven't exactly had a friend recommend a book series to me where I thought I was reading the wrong book, but I definitely have read quite a few series uh, out of order. I, I do wonder, though, like, what is what is Kelsey talking about that when they finally make the movies, she'd have to wait until she's 18? Like, she's talking about book 17 of a series. Like, I don't, they're going to compress that down to, like, maybe four movies at the absolute fewest. And that's, like, being super generous. It, it, it might very well be 12 to 17 movies to capture all that. She is going to be much older than 18 by the time they do the final movie. Well, that's thinking very reasonably about it. I did like the jab, though, just at adaptions of young adult novels that end up being aimed way too high for, like, who's actually reading the books. Like, 11-year-olds, 8-year-olds, those are the kids reading the books, and then the movie shoot at a, like, 17-plus crowd. <laughs> but yeah, her series would probably take a while to be adapted unless it was one of those terrible adapta- adaptations that just mushes a bunch of books together. To be fair, I mean, a lot of these... YA adaptations are probably for older properties and meant to target people who read the books back when they came out. Well, then maybe Kelsey, like you said, she'll be there somewhere in the future. I just want to know, like, this is usually a pretty tech-savvy world. Like, you know, Craig, you know, does video chat with his friends and whatnot. So does Kelsey not know what a wiki is? Okay, (laughs) I'm surprised that, yeah, that kind of internet culture wasn't included because you'd think that especially all of these writers, even some of them coming off of Steven Universe, being on Twitter, knowing that the fans are constantly, <laughs> you know, taking every detail and pouring their lives into making wikis. You know what? Just just forget about wikis for a second. Like, she can't ask Stax how it ends? Well, but it seems like Kelsey's not the type of person who just wants spoilers. I mean, maybe she'd be the type of person to obsess over a wiki, but ultimately, I think she just wants to read the book. I mean, it, it makes sense. I just wish that that line had been different. Is all like if she just said like, oh, you know, it's just not the same, you know, hearing about it from someone else, you know, that's that's all she needed to say. But no, she's they just included some very funny, I'll admit, very funny lines about not being able to know how it ends until she has to watch the movie. Yeah. Like there's no other way. She couldn't even buy it on Amazon or something like what? Yeah. I mean, this was definitely an episode geared towards that sort of place at least that where i was as a kid where you were just going to the library all the time and there was no other type of resource there was no ebook option or looking up someone scanned in pdf of a book or scrolling through 
wiki and alternate wikis and Reddit and Tumblr pages spoiling the whole contents of a book. They definitely didn't bring in all those normal types of references and internet culture that they bring in. But uh, I think that made for an okay plot. Also, their other book references were great. Like just their (laughs) slam on the Hardy Boys type books was hilarious. Just the <laughs> the fact that they ride around in their like parents car and they're like let's go get a malt on daddy's dime and craig's like yeah, this is was, not relatable at all <laughs> that was that was good i i liked the the book that jp had just in that one shot the vamp camp book because every time i see that like girl with pink hair wearing a black hat i, I just think summer camp island Susie, even though it's not even a witch's hat well you know also there's a weird tie in here it sounds like a vague reference to a series called The Boxcar Kids. Yeah, the kids in a train. Well, yeah, it gets mentioned that there's some book series about kids who live on a train. And I'm like, the No Homeboys? Yeah, Matt. I was going to say, No Homeboys. Matt Burnett and Ben Levin would have been on the team back when On the Run was aired, or was created, so. I mean, if they had put that book anywhere on the bookshelf titles. Now, I didn't scan the bookshelves that hard, but I have a feeling you might have <laughs> for this episode. No, I, I I didn't pause anything to look at the at the books, but I, I did see a couple. I, I did see a couple amusing ones. I liked Matt the Gathering the best. <laughs> like that one, every every time that's on screen, my eyes just gravitate towards it. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what was the name of the uh, gro- quote gross Western superhero comic that fell out of that kid's backpack. Oh, I think it was Super Bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's just such a lame sounding comic series for this kid that's supposed to be dedicated to manga that you can't even get in your regular old stupid library. And the fun thing is, you know, she she can't even read the or she can't even get access to the manga. She just made it up to make herself the cool kid among the ninjas. Yeah, she wouldn't even show them the books. <laughs> the kid was so disappointed. The ninja kids so underutilized. You know, they introduced the horse girls in this episode, and then they would later on get J-Pony, but we haven't even seen the Ninja Kids in any other episodes, have we? I don't think so. The Ninja Kids were kind of like had their little moment in this episode, and I'm not sure what I would have wanted to see fleshed out from them versus where we were introduced to the horse girls. It was like, for me, this overwhelming experience of like, whoa, (laughs) hold on, these girls are living in like a whole other world. Like I could already see a whole episode happening with them. So I don't know if we'll see the Ninja Kids again. I mean, but they could be supporting characters somewhere. Like, I mean, come on. You, you, there's how many, how many plots could you think of where they need someone to do something ninja stealthy, like spy on somebody or steal an item back or something? I think they'll have to have a change up in the hierarchy, though. That would be a funny piece of continuity if the next time we see them, they have a new leader. Yeah, the Naruto <laughs> kid. Yeah, their current leader's been shamed or, uh, and doesn't even have good ninja skills based on that tree climbing. Yeah, what's what's the name of the, the character from Naruto who's always reading the sappy manga and has the headband over his eye? Can't lie, the only person's name from Naruto I know is Sasuke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, isn't his name just Gara? That sounds right, actually. The, the, that uh, that other one. You know, the, the guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. No, I totally know the eye band guy you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, like... Bleh. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they could do something with the Ninja Kids, and it would be interesting to see them have a new leader. I mean, come on. We, we have a group of kids who whose whole thing is they throw tea parties. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's no character too small in Craig of the Creek to show up again. And I think uh, based on the newer developments we've seen in the show, where there's kind of going to be a little bit of connective plot, I think all these episodes where we get introduced to individual groups of kids, that those groups of kids will get re-represented, especially if there's a sort of battle of larger groups or something, oh, yeah. you know. Then the ninja kids will come in with their own, you know, stealthy warriors. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the going back to the horse girls, I mean, what, what, what is she on about with, like, those books are for indoor kids? Are you calling Kelsey an indoor kid? You know, this girl who, in another episode, like, you know, we basically says we only stay inside when it's raining. Like, that that's how she feels. No, I yeah, it was just a total insult that they were just throwing out them without even really knowing, I guess, just based on the book. But also, that's just a hilarious dichotomy to me that the horse girls have, that there's just, like, indoor kids, and they're just <laughs> never to be associated with. I mean, farmers live indoors. Horses need farmers, so you'd think they'd be cool with that. Yeah, it seems kind of hypocritical. Way to go, horse Hippo. girls. Hippa. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that was intended. Um, maybe, uh... maybe they wrote that in. The horse girls are hypocritical. So, what about Stax? <laughs> Have we seen... She's also only in this episode, right? Uh, I can't think of any others with her off the top of my head, no. I I liked how again they they do really good with character specificity and I feel like I see characters in this show that I haven't seen in other children's shows. So like when Stax is rubbing her hair the way she does, oh, yeah, I, her tail. I, yeah, like I used to actually work at like a gymnastics place where there were like you know kids around like Craig of the Creek age and like that's that type of behavior that thing is the type of thing that you actually like see. If you've like ever worked with kids or, you know, had kids of your own, it just like added another piece of relatability that I feel like kids shows don't normally have like this sort of nervous behavior, nervous tick that I sometimes you I guess you could see that in, in teenagers or adults. But I like that specificity that they have. It made me immediately believe that Stax was more of a real character compared to the fact that uh, she writes all these essays, and no teacher has figured this out yet. <laughs> and the fact that she charges, like, three pieces of candy for 1,250 words. Like, this is obviously a labor of love for her. Right, well, she admits that she loves reading all the books and finds them really interesting. Also, the kids getting these essays are, like, totally rough kids. <laughs> like, the scooter girl that they brutally assault <laughs> near the end of the episode and, you know, smash her into a bush. She has like that skull helmet and like the shaved eyebrows. And the, like, you want to talk about brutal assaulting of Scooter Kid? They took her fart sticker off of her helmet in between concept and actual episode. That's so funny. Wait, where did, where was that concept art? Was that posted on like Twitter or Tumblr? Crew of the Creek? I think. Oh, okay. So on on their Tumblr account, but yeah, like she needs that fart sticker. She's she's incomplete without it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, I can't remember what the board is called that processes Cartoon Network and Adult Swim's, uh, like their censorship board. But <laughs> if that actually played a role and they were like, you can't have a sticker that just has fart on it. <laughs> well, I, I heard that when they did the Mythbusters episode about farts, like that was one of their censorship things. They can't say the word fart. So they just used Flattis all the time because it's funnier anyway. Yeah, that's great. I love it when censorship creates more creative decisions because of those limitations. Like Iggins! The survival of Iggins was the best part of that episode, and they didn't even want it. 
Yeah, that Invader Zim episode was very strange. I miss it when in Invader Zim characters should just die because it makes the joke funnier. But yeah, in the case of Iggins and uh, Gaz's hatred, it works out. Yeah, his his survival, just the way he bursts out of the elevator like a superhero. That was great. (laughs) The way he bursts out of it as if they wrote those last few frames because they had to upon revision. Yeah, but I mean, Scooter Kid, there, there is no such Igginsing over her fart sticker. They just they just removed it. Yeah. I Yeah, I mean, they could have at least made her fart when she hit the bush. But, you know, <laughs> oh, well, uh, maybe that's a little I crude. Think, I think I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they just don't give any uh, they don't give the kids any sort of empathy for being the kind of kids that pay some other kid to write essays for them so i think that's an interesting take but you know we may not see stacks anymore like i said i can't think of any but we do see the trials of trebulon so they they keep on they keep on with that showing kelsey reading that once or twice yeah so at least she's making good on her promise to try out sci-fi yeah i guess she liked it yeah i mean come on that like that that would that would be excluding star wars i think and you can't exclude star wars I mean, you think everybody likes Star Wars, but some people, I don't know, they, they're just into fantasy. They can't take the, uh, you know, they want their they want their magic to be purely magical. They don't want things to be based in science and some person creating technology. Yeah, we, we didn't we didn't we didn't need midichlorians, never needed them, still don't need them. Yeah. <laughs> what will be Craig of the Creek's midichlorians? Hopefully nothing ever. Hmm. Some over explanation will probably come from Craig. He's he's the kind of guy. Oh, what? Just this. This just popped into my head. What was up with Mortimer in this episode? He was just in Kelsey's hair the whole time. Yeah, well, it almost made me forget Mortimer was even there. (laughs) The only time we get acknowledgement that it's actually Mortimer and not just some thing she has in her hair is that when she's imagining herself being like scorched. You know, in that one shot, we see Mortimer's bones there as well when her hair burns away. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, But I guess it's just practically part of her character model at this point. Well, I mean, it's they don't even have him perched perched on her head. They just decided it's like they just decided to do something different with Kelsey's hair. No, I mean, that's what I thought, too. I didn't realize. (laughs) By the way, Harold, like reader librarian confidentiality. You made that up. (laughs) <laughs> i love that uh i love that guy just he he got what he deserved in the end there <laughs> yeah that's right no i think i think harold was doing his job the right way i don't i don't think you're supposed to tell people what who who else has checked out book i i think we should just go back to invaders in like he's not even sending threatening phone calls to the person who checked the book out like i, I think they had it right in the fbi episode <laughs> that, that, that that's what he would do if he cared about his job but he doesn't and he won't he won't threaten the person. He won't let Kelsey go threaten the person for him. He just doesn't care. Yeah, why did Scooter Girl have that book though? The she just had the book report. I don't know that she had the book. Oh wait, I don't know why I'm thinking she had the book. Because of course the twist reveal is that Stax had it the whole time. Don't know why I just switched that up. I do like that little revelation that Craig has. He doesn't have a super prominent role in this episode except for Sort of carrying through all the chapter yeah, <laughs> titles. That was good. Chapter four, Ninja Battle. Yeah, I like how they sort of just announced on screen the arc of the episode. <laughs> it's like, no cops, find the witnesses, find emotional closure, ninja battle, and then the revelation that it was the first person all along. That's pretty smart story writing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? 
Now, now we can just do that formula for 50, 60 episodes and make money off royalties. Yeah. I do, you know, I'd love to see, uh, I don't know what we call Craig's gang, the gang, but, you know, they... Uh, I think they're called the Stump Kids, usually. Yeah, the Stump Kids, if they had the Stump Mobile, that would be kind of neat. <laughs> they just took, uh, you know, they could always take Craig's brothers, you know. Craig's dad it. could buy them a convertible. Yeah. They've already shown that they're capable of going out to getting, you know, takeout food. So I'm sure they could just handle driving. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Kelsey or no, no, JP works the pedals and Craig works the wheel and Kelsey offers directions. Yeah. Division of labor, man. Well, and meanwhile, while they pass by, uh, JP can get the attention of the horse girl that uh, <laughs> caught caught wind yeah. of his uh, majestic non-horse-like appearance this episode. <laughs> Yeah, they, they did leave that uh, leave that dangling so that they could have grab that plot thread for the J-Pony episode. They didn't leave anything for the Ninja Kids. Yeah, also, this shouldn't feel that refreshing. But honestly, at least when I grew up, all the cartoons I had had boy leads who always had a crush on some girl, whether that was Timmy Turner and Trixie Tang or anyone else. But, you know, having JP just being not really like clueless, but just like non-reciprocating and just focusing on something else it's just nice to see the experience of like just some girl kid's <laughs> crush where she just <laughs> immediately suddenly <laughs> starts having a crush and the other person has no idea uh, i think i think trixie tang had an idea well yeah i mean they carried that one farther out i mean jp's not gonna call Manny empty bus seat anytime soon let's put it that way <laughs> yeah that that show was a little more cruel Trixie Tang really had to ignore him but you know they had that great episode where Timmy was ended up being a girl and you know they learned to uh, understand each other it was great maybe that'll happen here probably not though most likely not yeah but what else to say about the final book what whatever does happen to Yithrith of Scrigeth do we ever I don't think we ever find out I gotta be honest I could not follow the plot of that book any more than Craig or JP <laughs> yeah it doesn't help that they faded the audio out while they were talking about it and even then it was the 16th book in the series that they were yammering about you're not gonna catch much yeah oh well I guess that's I guess that's it for us this week tune in next week to no Steven Universe news <laughs> hey we ha we have we have Steven Universe comics to discuss. Steven never truly went away. Yeah, I'm still waiting on that. Uh, You know, maybe the next time we hear about the movie, we'll just be at San Diego Comic Con. But I really hate for that to be so far away. Just months of silence. That's probably yeah. what it's going to be. Cartoon Network's killing us. <sighs> but, you know, great shows like Craig of the Creek and OKKO OK almost, you know, keep me alive. That's, they that's good. us over. <laughs> it keeps me going. And these comics have been good. And we only have two more weeks until the next one. So yeah, join us next week, though. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.